Weekend recap. Sweet 16. WBC is nuts. The Warriors still can't win on the road. Let's recap what the NFL and the 49ers have done so far in free agency. Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a great St. Patrick's Day weekend. I did. Had a great time. A little green beer. Recovered in time for an incredible weekend of sports. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament. You probably got to throw your bracket away, but you're loving it. WBC. I don't know what you think. I know there's injuries. So certain teams are upset. Of course, the Mets are. Now the Astros are. And everybody's saying, ah, they shouldn't play this. It's an exhibition. Tell that to the fans in Miami. Tell that to the players who are playing. So we'll get into that conversation as well. Down to the Sweet 16. Warriors still can't win on the road. 49ers will recap everything that has happened over the weekend, including a team to watch out for now in the NFC. And are the Eagles still on top? And what does that look like? I'll do a little rankings because everybody likes rankings, but we still have a long way to go as far as the offseason is concerned. So we'll get into all of that. But thank you for joining us on the YouTube channel. John Lund. From KMBR Radio in San Francisco, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, Monday through Friday. So make sure you hit us up there. KMBR 680 if you're in San Francisco, KMBR.com, or you can listen on the stream, however you want to do it. We drop the Unleashed podcast with me, John Lund, and uh, just check out Unleashed. All you have to do if you're watching on the YouTube channel, please hit subscribe, tell your friends. Also, we do a podcast version of it, so all you got to do is search Unleashed uh, John Lund, Bay Area Sports Talk, and uh, you can find it, Spotify, uh, Apple, wherever you find your favorite podcast so you can take us along with you. So do any of those things. And, of course, and I tell this to all the regular listeners, so if you're new, welcome. Thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. All I have to do is hit me up at John Lund Radio on Instagram or Twitter and in those places. And, again, you don't have to agree with me. I like different viewpoints. I like going, ah, I never thought of that. Which, you know, if you ever watch on a regular basis or listen to a re- uh, me on a regular basis, I'm open to those kind of things. I don't think I'm right 100% of the time. I love different angles and different thoughts, unlike the rest of America right now. So thank you very much for joining us on that front. Let me start here. And I, this is just in no order whatsoever. The WBC is catching a lot of grief because, obviously, Edwin Diaz, the closer of the Mets, in celebration, hurts his knee. Uh, Jose Altuve, Daniel Bard couldn't find the plate. The Rockies reliever, he hits Altuve in the thumb. He's out for a couple of months. So those two teams, the Mets and the Astros, are up in arms, right? Oh, this thing sucks. It's stupid. Forgetting that Gavin Lux got hurt for the Dodgers in spring training. There's a player that got a broken nose the other day. I mean, just look, it happens. They're playing baseball. Uh, It's big boy ball. And uh, I'm an advocate for it. Uh, At the beginning, I was like, I was glad Logan Webb wasn't pitching. I was glad that, you know, all these guys and, Camilo Duvall is back in camp and all these, you know, all these different things. And Jock Peterson and those guys didn't get hurt. But, you know, I, I just as a general rule, uh, outside of the Olympics, you know, whether it be the uh, Ryder Cup, which I covered at one time when, when it was Phil and Tiger, and we kind of, you know, they're more into winning masters and majors than they are uh, international events. Uh, we look at baseball. It's like, eh international event just as Americans we're just not into it and I don't know what it is we just would rather win world series or like I said in golf events we'd rather win the majors or all those kind of things other than the Olympics which they're still kind of amateurs but I like it uh I think they should do it I I I think guys should all play Mike Trout has talked about it this is the chance to see Mike Trout in like a playoff atmosphere and it's hard in spring training to go from zero to 60 when you're signing autographs it's mellow I've been down to spring training dozens of times and it's great to bring your kids, and, and I think you should do it because guys are laid back. It's cool. They play a few innings. 
They go into the clubhouse and they're talking to the media in the fourth inning. That doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. You know that. But the WBC, all of a sudden, you're going from that atmosphere to like a World Series Game 7 atmosphere. And it's hard to do, and guys could get hurt, and they're not ramped up, and there's all these other issues with it. But when you're sitting there as a fan, I'm just talking about consuming an entertainment product, like it would be a movie or anything else that you're going to consume when you sit down and watch something. WBC is hard to beat because now that these guys are playing, they want to win. And Miami, obviously, you know, given that um, the makeup uh, in Miami of uh, uh, and the ethnicity, I should say, in Miami, it's incredible to see because you have Cuba down there and you, you Puerto Rico and all the all the Latin teams are down there. And it's absolutely amazing the atmosphere, and they want to win so badly, but it's in our country, and so you got Americans. It's just it's just an amazing, amazing atmosphere. So, I mean, I, I wish I was there. My son went to a couple of the games in Arizona. He went to the Mexico-USA game in which Mexico won 11-5. And now we find ourselves, after uh, dominating Cuba on Sunday, seeing who wins between Japan and Mexico. And it's pretty cool. And now you're sitting there, and it's kind of, this kind of happens during the Olympics as well, where all of a sudden now you get patriotic. You're like, this is really cool. It would be really cool if Logan Webb was pitching in the final, which he would be their best starter. I mean, Adam Wainwright was pretty good on Sunday, but, I mean, Logan Webb would be their best starter. And you're sitting there going, whoa, whoa, whoa don't want Logan Webb to get hurt. But it's pretty cool, and we have pride, and so obviously at this point you want them to win. I'd love to get your viewpoint on it. Uh, I was watching it all weekend long, and I was watching it in Arizona, and it was okay, and we were getting grief because we got beat by Mexico, and we weren't great in the first couple of games, but now the offense is starting to roll, and it's ridiculous. Trey Turner's on a home run binge. He won a game the other night with a, with a grand slam, and he's hitting in the nine hole. He's a $300 million nine hole hitter who hit a grand slam, and then on Sunday hit a couple of home runs. He's going to be tough in Philadelphia, obviously, but incredible. So anyway, I'm enjoying it. Give me your thoughts. At John Lund Radio, that was one of the things that came to mind as far as uh, what I thought. Uh, Down to the Sweet 16, I'll wait for the 49ers and Warriors. Let me get these two things out of the way. Uh, Sweet 16, my stab at it, by the way. I do one bracket. That's it. Bunch of buddies of mine. We've been doing this for 20 years. It's 500 bucks a head. Real simple math. 4,000 goes to first, 1,000 goes to second. Nobody else gets any money. And uh, we've been doing this for years and years. I'm da- I do have my final four intact, and I'm in third place right now. I haven't won money in this thing in years. But uh, anyway, we're down to the Sweet 16 in this thing. Too bad St. Mary's lost. I love Randy Bennett. Too bad Stanford lost on the women's side of things. But it's been a good, not great tournament. I would say it's been good. Uh, a lot of upsets. Princeton is still alive, so I bet a lot of people are rooting for Princeton on the West Coast. San Diego State looks pretty decent. Uh, they're going to have a tough uh, ride against Alabama, which I'm not rooting for Alabama, not because of all the controversy around them. I don't want them to be great in basketball and great in football as well. I don't know. Call me crazy, but uh, I'd like San Diego State to beat them. I think I have UCLA winning it. I don't have my bracket in front of me, but I do have UCLA winning it. I think I have Tennessee in the final four. Uh, anyway, uh, my final four is intact, not that you care. Uh, give me your thoughts on the NCAA tournament. Now, as far as the 49ers are concerned, just doing the weekend recap here. Uh, let me throw on my glasses here. I'm going to throw this in front of you right now as far as uh, the 49ers are concerned. Let me throw this in front of you right now. And this is just my thought. And then we, I want to get into the NFC, and I really want to get your thoughts on this whole thing. But you can see right there in the scorecard – Best signing so far, Hargrave, obviously, who, by the way, I had my on my KMBR show on Friday. So if you want to go to KMBR.com, it says Pop and Lund. Click on that, and you can hear the whole Javon Hargrave interview. Hargrave first, Isaiah Oliver second, 
Cleveland Furl, that's how you say it, Furl, uh, is third. Uh, Hartsfield, the safety that they got from the Panthers, he's more of a special teams guy, and that's something we don't talk about enough. Like, special teams is huge. Offense, defense, special teams, you lose Traverius more, you pick up Hartsfield. Uh, Sam Dar- I'm just not a Sam Darnold guy. I've said this on the podcast down on the YouTube show. I'm not a Sam Darnold guy. And if Sam Darnold has to be a major factor in what the 49ers are doing, and the season is lost. And I, I give the 49ers a ton of credit for signing Sam Darnold because I think they are going to go to that third quarterback role, and Sam Darnold was played, and Kyle Shannon has liked Sam Darnold for a long time. If you understand the kind of how this happened from a calendar standpoint, they had just signed, traded for, and signed Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017. Then the draft came up, and Darnold was the third pick in 18. So they weren't really in the quarterback market, but I know Kyle has liked Sam Darnold. So, look, that's fine. I have no issue with it. I mean, if he beats out Trey Lance, like some people are suggesting, that would be incredible to me. Uh, I don't think I, I don't know enough about Trey Lance, but Sam Darnold has not been good. He's sub-60% completion percentage. I liked him coming out of USC. He was a good athlete, but he has shown nothing to me in the NFL so far. He's gone through two teams. I understand different offensive coordinators, this and that. Alex Smith went through that and was finally productive. He's 25 years old. Could he be productive? Yeah. But he's basically insurance, and the 49ers are saying, geez, we're not going to get caught in that position again. So I'm not a Darnold guy. I know Papa is. If you listen to our KMBR show, he likes him a lot. I do not. So that's obviously how I'd put it. Uh, The biggest losses I put in order, as you can see right there, McGlinchey, I think he's going to be lost more than you think. Because to me, uh, that's just the offensive line. We saw how important that was in the Super Bowl with Kansas City. And the way that they played against Philadelphia, you had to have a great offensive line and bash McGlinchey all you want. I'm not saying he's worth the money that Denver paid him, but he's solid. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, to me, is a huge loss, but they did uh, sign a couple of corners, so maybe they can make up for it. But Mosley, I thought, was going to come back. Maybe that's why. Jimmy G, I put third, not because necessarily that they needed him, but Jimmy bailed him out last year and did a lot of good things. I think he deserves respect. Jimmy Ward was replaced by Isaiah Oliver, which I think is even, but Jimmy Ward off the field, Jimmy Ward in the locker room, that's a loss. A Menahue because he could play inside and outside. Uh, you like versatility, speaking of. Brunskill could play all the offensive line positions. That's a big loss. Al Shire, you knew you were going to lose him, but it's still a loss nonetheless. Ebocom never impressed me. Four and a half, four and a half, and five and a half sacks. He was not the threat that they needed. Opposite Nick Bosa, he could set the edge, but a lot of guys can do that. I'm not paying him what Indianapolis paid him. I think it's crazy. Uh, Tavarius Moore, good special teamer, underrated. Ridgeway was hurt, and Maurice Hurst was hurt. Not saying they're not losses, but they were hurt. Now, the way I see the NFC, let's pop to the next one. And by the way, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much for listening on the podcast. But when I do the YouTube show, you can kind of see these videos as well to make more sense. I mean, you can make sense of it listening to the podcast, no question, but uh, jump on the YouTube channel and subscribe, and you can see what I'm putting up there. A lot of times I'll put up video or slides or things like that, so it's not that you can't listen on the podcast, and I am very grateful that you are. I'm just saying it might make a little bit more sense if you have a chance to watch the YouTube channel as well, in addition to, not just not just the podcast. And believe me, listen to the podcast all you want. It makes tons of sense still. So the NFC, this is what I'm looking at. I think the Eagles are still number one. I think they kept the, enough of the defense. They kept the two corners in Slay and Bradbury. They lost Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on Sunday to the Lions, which I'll get to in just a second. So the NFC, the Eagles still at the top. They lost one of their guards, but they had Cam Jurgens, a second-round pick out of Nebraska to take that spot. They lost a defensive tackle, obviously, in Javon Hargrave. They have Davis, the kid out of Georgia, to take that spot. They lost two linebackers. They have N'Kobe Dean, 
uh, a linebacker they got in the first round out of Georgia, and they have picks 10 and 30. So everyone's panicking over the Eagles and saying they're done and look at all the guys they lost. Howie Roseman's a great GM. I mean, look, we, we don't just have to put blinders on because you love the 49ers. I mean, they were clearly they were looking, watching this day going, we're going to lose guys. They got Fletcher Cox back. They got Brandon Graham back. They got both their corners back. They got Jason Kelsey back. Miles Sanders left. They got Rashad Penny, the former Seahawk. Believe me, the cupboard is not barren in, in Philadelphia. I think they did a good job in free agency because everybody raids a team that goes to the Super Bowl. So I think the Eagles kept enough of their team, especially on defense, and they have those picks in the first round that they can fortify maybe the defensive line or whatever they need to do. Uh, the 49ers, they, I, I think it's net losses, but I have faith in the, not only the coaching, but what they're going to do. I mean, I think Amenahu is a big loss. Al Shire is a big loss. Emmanuel Mosley is a big loss. McGlinchey is a big loss. Javon Hargrave is great. Isaiah Oliver, I think, is an underrated signing. But they lost more than they gained by a little bit. I mean, Javon Hargrave is awesome. He's what Kinlaw was supposed to be. He's what Buckner was when they let him go. So it's a, it's a great signing. It's a tremendous signing. But they lost a lot. And they've got to have – and they've got picks in the third, fourth, and fifth round, and everybody's thinking, oh, they draft great in those middle rounds. But rookies aren't great right out of the gate. They might be eventually, but a lot of times they're not great right out of the gate. So, look, the 49ers are right there. They've got an uncertain quarterback situation, which isn't the greatest. So you can't put them ahead of the Eagles because the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. The 49ers might have Brock Purdy. The 49ers might have Trey Lance. We don't know what Trey Lance is in, then it's Sam Darnold. So if you have an uncertain quarterback situation, and I've said this a million times both on the podcast and on the YouTube channel, I like Brock Purdy. I'm not down on Brock Purdy, but because he won the games that he won does not mean he's going to – I, I just haven't seen enough. we got to see more. Uh, third, I think the Cowboys, they got Brandon Cooks on Sunday. If you don't know about that, he's been traded a ton, but he's still a quality receiver. And, of course, they got Gilmore for the secondary. So, Gilmore and Diggs, that's a nice quarterback uh, corner combination. So, I think the Cowboys, with all their talent, I'd put them third. Seattle, Geno's back. Draymond Jones, good defensive tackle for the uh, Broncos. They got Jaron Reed back after a couple years. Jamal Adams is going to be healthy, maybe. And they have picks 5 and 20 in the first round. So, Denver's at 5. And they have two picks in the, first, in the second round because of that Russell Wilson trade. So, they can get a lot more. They nailed the draft last year. Now, the Lions, I put at five. And what's interesting about the Lions is they got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, today or Sunday, Emmanuel Mosley, Cam Sutton's a nice corner that they got from the Steelers. So they got three pieces in their secondary, which was terrible. They totally redid their secondary. Plus, they have picks 6, 18, 44, or excuse me, 6, 18, 48, and 55 in the draft. And they're one game away from the playoffs. Remember, they won that last game against Green Bay at Green Bay to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs and put Seattle in. So they almost made the playoffs last year. I know it's Jared Goff and there's some issues, but they can score points, and they've just fortified the defense in the offseason. So as crazy as that is, and I used to live in Detroit, and it was, the Lions are terrible, and the ownership is terrible, and their history is terrible, but they look like they got their heads on straight. Finally, the Saints with Carr in that defense, Michael Thomas coming back, they put six. The Giants add Waller. Can Daniel Jones do it again? I'm not sure. So that's seven. And then I put down there, funny, if Washington or Atlanta added Lamar Jackson, they'd be in the top three or four teams in the NFC. I don't understand why Atlanta specifically, who was built for Lamar Jackson with that running game that we saw last year when the Falcons beat the 49ers, they just they run the ball. They want to gash it at you. Lamar Jackson would be perfect. Drake London's a big target. Pitts the tight end's a big target. Like, that's, that's what they're built to do, what Lamar Jackson does. So Baltimore 
matches it. So what? Free agency now is just start is starting for them. You couldn't do it at the beginning with Lamar Jackson because it would tie up all that money and all these guys are getting signed. Now the phase that we're in in free agency, if you're Atlanta, why wouldn't you do this? You have Ritter, this the kid that they got in the second round last year, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. He's not the answer. What are you going to do a quarterback? I mean, I, I understand. I mean, to me, it looks like collusion because if you're Atlanta, it's like, okay, you're not going to give them a fully guaranteed contract. Oh, the Ravens are going to match. Well, so if they do, they do. You could work it out. If you really wanted the guy, just say, look, we'll give you two ones. We'll give you two twos as well. I mean, it's two ones right out of the gate. But if you say, look, we're not giving you the Russell Wilson deal. We'll give you two ones, two twos. I mean, what does it matter to Atlanta? Get a quarterback. When's the last time you had one? I mean, Matt Ryan, yeah, but he hasn't been a great quarterback for years. So I just don't get it. I mean, that is the perfect scenario for Lamar Jackson. And you could pry him loose from Baltimore because clearly – they're not. They're in love with them. Not. They're not. They're in love with them. I don't know if it's marriage material. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. So if you're Atlanta and you really wanted them in the most important position in sports, you look at that situation. And go, okay, Baltimore. We know you're going to match two ones. We know you know we're going to match the contract. We don't want to do do the work for you, but if we do the work, we want to get the guy. So what's it going to take? I mean, at least negotiate with the Ravens. Nobody's even doing that, which tells me it's collusion. Because if it, and look, maybe they've done done their due diligence and through the grapevine they find out that Lamar Jackson will will settle for nothing more than that guaranteed contract plus a penny that Deshaun Watson got. Now maybe you don't want to do that, but if you're Atlanta, it's Desmond Ritter. You're as desperate as Cleveland was a year ago. I don't get it. Anyway, that's what I see in the NFC. Eagles have done enough. 49ers two. That uncertainty at quarterback is major issue. Cowboys, Seattle, Lions. I know I said Lions. Saints, Giants, and then eh, whatever. And then finally, weekend recap here on uh, Unleashed Barriers Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KNBR Radio in San Francisco and the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go to the Warriors, and I just want to pop this up on the screen for you. Those are the standings right there, and I put the Nuggets, Kings, and Grizzlies in red because you're not catching them. There's 10 games to go. All right, 36 and 36, math not my strong suit, 72 games, 10 to go. And as you can see on the screen, 29 and 7 at home, 7 and 29 away. I've never seen anything like it. So you're not catching the Nuggets, Kings, or Grizzlies. I put a yellow mark where the Suns are because you're probably not catching the Suns with 10 games to go. Because I'll show you in the schedule in a minute, there are road games remaining. And as you just see there, 7 and 29, 29 and 7, they don't win on the road. And if you look at home, only Denver and uh, Memphis are better at home. And of contending teams, now Houston and San Antonio are worse, but of contending teams, the second worst road record down there, as you see in the red to the right, is the Pelicans at 12-24. and 24. I mean, hell, if they had 12-24, and 24, five games, give them five games, that's 41-31. and 31. That's knocking on the door as the, for the sec, between the second and third seed. You'd be in the fourth spot right now, but you'd be right there with Memphis and Sacramento. They just If you just had... A horrible road re- record, not not a horrendous one, not a, not a, just a ridiculous one. So seven and twenty nine, but they went at home. So that's where they sit. And why I'm bringing this up is, if you look at where they are in the seven spot, and we were all excited. At, I don't know a week ago, they were like knocking on the door of four, and then they they hit the road. And they do nothing. They were terrible over the weekend. Lost in Atlanta. Lost in Memphis. Embarrassing. And now you look at this whole thing, and let's go from the Mavericks at thirty five to the Jazz and the Pelicans at the bottom there, it's 
it's one game in the loss column. 36, 36, 37, 37, 36, 37. So we're all sitting there going, where are they going to be in the playoffs? I don't even know if they're going to be in the play-in. If you look right there, I mean, 36 and 36, right behind them is the Thunder by a half a game. Same amount of losses, and that's what really matters. Minnesota's one in the loss column. The Lakers are one in the loss column. The Jazz are tied with them in the loss column. And the Pelicans are one back in the loss column. There's two teams, the Jazz and the Pelicans, they're not even in the play-in game. And one has the same amount of losses, and one has one more. So if they continue this road act the way that they are at 7-29, and they're not going to be in the playoffs. Playoffs? So Monday, there's the schedule there. So Monday at Houston, I'm assuming they're going to go 8-29 and on the road, but you can't assume anything on the road, but let's just give them that one, all right? Greens are, win- Greens are wins, reds are losses if you're watching on the YouTube channel. So on Monday, they play at Houston. I'll give them a win. Wednesday at Dallas, that's a competent team. No. Home against Joel and Bede in Philadelphia, they're fighting for positioning in the East. They don't win that, I don't think. Minnesota, that's a home game. They're 29-7. That's a win. New Orleans, they're treading water. That's a win. San Antonio's terrible, and they're going for Victor Wambayama. So that's a win. Got to go to Denver on April 2nd. Loss, Oklahoma City. They're playing decent. They could get into this thing, at least in the play-in tournament, but that's at home. I'll give it to them. At Sacramento, they would love nothing more than to knock the Warriors out of the playoffs. At Sacramento on Friday, this April 7th. Loss. And at Portland on Sunday, April 9th, Dame will be shut down by them. They're the third team out of the playoffs. San Antonio, Houston, and now Portland, the way they're playing, they're not going to play for anything. So at Portland, I'll give them a win. So that's six and four down the stretch. They have ten games remaining, five home, five road. They don't win on the road. But I'm giving them Houston and Portland. I'm giving them two road wins in their final five. So two and three on the road. And I'm giving them four out of five at home. The only one I'm not giving them is Philadelphia. So six and four on the season puts them at 42 and 40. And let me flip back to the standings now. 42 and 40 is what I'm giving the Warriors. And I think that might be a little much. So 42 and 40, that puts them probably where they are. But if Oklahoma City goes on a run, if the T-Wolves go on a run, if the Lakers go on a run, and then Utah, I don't think Utah and the Pelicans and New Orleans can can get up in there. I just don't I, – I think it's too much. So they'll – I think they'll at least be in the play-in game. But let me say that again. I think they'll at least be in the play-in game. That's ridiculous. At 42 and 40 is ridiculous. And if they win two road games out of those final five, like I'm saying they will, that still puts them at 9 and – what, 40 – or excuse me, 9 and thir- nine and 32 on the road this year. 9 and 32 on the road. Ridiculous. And then the question becomes, can they all, all – and we've been talking about this all season long – can they flip some sort of, of a switch and on the road actually win games? Like, yeah, they only got to win one. Well, yeah, but if you're 9-31 and 31 at the end of the year, I mean, they're 7-29, and 29, so I'm saying they're going to go 9 and – excuse me, 9-32. and 9-32, which is – that's 41. So 9-32, and 32, and we expect them because of past experience – to go into, I don't know, let's just say for the sake of conversation, right now the 7-2 would be Sacramento, which would be amazing. But then you're in the play-in right now. They're in the play-in right now. So if you're in 7-8-9-10, you're playing in the play-in. So that's not great. That's not a great situation for them to be in. But it, just for the sake of conversation, if they're playing Sacramento in the first round, Sacramento's 21-14 at home, that's not one of the better road records as far as the top teams are concerned. I mean, you look at Denver at 30-6. and six, Memphis 29 and 5. 
Phoenix 23 and 12. And remember, that's without Kevin Durant. So if Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant still hasn't made a home uh, appearance. He slipped on the uh, floor before his first appearance. So they're going to be better at home than 23 and 12. So the Warriors sit there at 29 and 7. So, you know, maybe they can hold serve in the playoffs like we've been talking about and then just steal one like they usually do. I don't know. I don't know if they can. But anyway, a poor showing over the weekend. No Draymond Green on Friday. And they were never in the game against Memphis. And that, that's disappointing in the fact that they've got all this motivation against Memphis. Memphis is talking a bunch of trash. We've talked all season long that that's kind of the barometer for the Warriors, that, that Memphis thinks there's something that they haven't earned, so they, they always get motivated for Memphis. Well, they didn't, they didn't on Saturday night. They didn't look like a team that, that could beat Memphis. So I continue to look back at the Warriors, and I say to myself, well, when it counts, they're going to win. Well, right now, we're at 10 games. Like, this is literally the stretch. This is literally coming down the stretch. So, Houston, Dallas, and I'm mostly looking at the road games. Home games are 29-7, and seven, so they should take care of business. But Houston, Dallas, Denver, Sacramento, Portland, those are the five remaining home games. Portland shouldn't be playing for anything. Houston isn't playing for anything. Can you win uh, this Wednesday, not on a back-to-back, against Dallas? Dallas isn't great. I mean, that's a winnable game. And, and in past years, you're like, yeah, with 10 games left in the year, if they need to win a game, they're going to win a game on the road. Can they win that game in Dallas? I doubt it. Can they win a game in Denver? I very much doubt it. And who's going to be playing in that game? Because Steve Kerr and the rest, they don't like to be. They don't like to play their players in Denver, which is ridiculous. And then Sacramento on for a- April 7th, the second to last road game, Sacramento's going to be extra motivated, especially if they're teetering between either playing in the play-in or getting into the playoffs altogether. They're going to give everything they got for that game, and that arena is going to be nuts. Anyway, there's an update on the Warriors. So I just wanted to give you a weekend update. Give me your thoughts on everything that happened over the weekend at John Lund Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Give me your comments under the YouTube channel. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Give me your thoughts on all this. WBC, did you like it? Sweet 16, how much are you watching the NCAA tournament? The 49ers, where do you have them in the NFC? What do you think of the hall so far? Guys lost, guys they've gained. Uh, what do you think of certain teams? Have the Eagles done enough? The Lions. I mean, a team that hasn't done it in the past, I look at the Lions and go, ugh, I don't know. Seattle, I put up pretty high in that thing. Dallas, what do you think of the NFC and what the teams have done? And obviously, we still have the rest of free agency. There's still some guys out there. I think the 49ers can still add a veteran edge rusher. I've talked about this before. Yannick Ngakwe or Robert Quinn or somebody like that, where at least it's a third down guy opposite Nick Bosa. I still think they need that. I think they can do that. So that's another guy, another situation to look at as far as the 49ers. And then in terms of the Warriors, just give me your thoughts. Ten games left in the season. Houston, Dallas, Philly, Minnesota, New Orleans, San Antonio, Denver, Oaks, KC, Sacramento, and Portland, five in the road, five at home. Can they fi- figure this out? Can they figure out the road? It's doesn't, it just doesn't seem like it. And I don't think that switch is there to be flipped. Now, maybe if Andrew Wiggins returns, that's a different kind of a story. But is their season going to hinge on Andrew Wiggins? Maybe it is. So there is your weekend recap. That is Unleashed. Various Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KNBR Radio in San Francisco. Please subscribe in the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Subscribe on the YouTube channel as well, and I love comments at John Lund Radio. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, questions, comments, disagreements, where I'm right, where I'm wrong. Love to hear any of it. Tune in to my KNBR show tomorrow with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We will recap the weekend, and we always have great guests. Get you caught up on everything. It is Unleashed. With me, John Lund from KMBR Radio, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.